So we are in a series titled, In His Own Words. We're looking at seven of Jesus' I Am statements found in the Gospel of John. Uh, We've already looked at the I Am the Bread of Life. Remember that? I got to eat some tasty bread and made sure I put butter and jam on it. Uh, Jesus is the bread of life. And the, the big idea of that metaphor is that God has provided nourishment for our souls Jesus. And if we want to be spiritually healthy, we need to feed on Jesus every day. Then last week, Pastor James uh, preached on, I am the light of the world. And what does light do? Light reveals. And so Jesus is saying, I am the one who reveals truth to you. I'm the only one who has actually been to heaven and seen God and been with God. um, And I've come down to reveal to you who God is, who you are, what God wants from you, how to find eternal life. And then today, I am the door of the sheep. And the big idea today is that uh, we can access God and all that God has for us through Jesus Christ. Turn in your Bibles to John chapter 10. We're looking today at verses 7 through 10. Very short little paracope that is its, uh, a, a metaphor all to itself. Am I blocking the whole screen? Do we care? I'll read it to you. So Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, uh, always note that, truly, truly, I say to you, this is Jesus, the Son of God, uh, giving us words of life, words that we can live by, hang our hat on, in fact, hang our entire eternal destinies on, truly, truly, I say to you, the authoritative I, right, the Son of God. I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So the first thing I want you to note is that Jesus left heaven with all of its privileges, and he came to earth with its limitations and its suffering for the purpose of us having life and having it more abundantly. Super, super important that you understand God's heart for you because the Christian life is a life of entrusting ourselves to God. And you're not going to trust yourself to someone you don't believe fundamentally loves you, cares about you, wants your best, wants you to have life to the full, life in abundance. Now, what is abundant life? Well, abundant life is both quantitatively greater and qualitatively greater than life without Jesus. It's quantitatively greater because you live forever, right? You gain eternal life. So you get more of it. But it's not just more life, it's 
better quality life. It's a life where the spirit of the living God indwells you and produces his fruit in you. And what is that fruit? You guys know it. Fruit of the spirit is love. Say it out loud with me. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Nobody looks at that list and doesn't think I would really like more of that in my life. Because that's abundance, right? When the Spirit of God is increasingly in control of your life, you increasingly experience His fruit in your life. And how dependent is that on circumstance? It's not. You can experience the fruit of the Spirit in any circumstance. I have learned in all things wherewith to be content, the Apostle Paul says. And so God's people are, uh, their abundant life for the people of God is, is not dependent on circumstances going right. That's the amazing thing. We can be overcomers in any circumstance as long as the Spirit of God dwells within us and we walk by the Spirit. I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. More abundantly. That's God's heart for us. So Jesus says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he'll be saved. So I have here, we're going to now label the door. This is the doorway to heaven. There we go. If you want to get to heaven, who do you have to go through? Jesus. Is there any ambiguity here? Right? Uh, by the way, the door, or other translations say gate. The imagery is a sheepfold. So, I mean, it's not open here. This is all walls, right? And just forever walls. You want to you wanna get into heaven? You got to, by the way, don't use a steel door when you're creating an indoor prop. I have discovered this. You got you to gotta walk through Jesus. Now, on the positive side... Jesus has provided a way to have access with God. Jesus has dealt with the, the big barrier between humans and God, which is sin. Right? We have all sinned. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Sin separates us from God. Sin brings with it a punishment of death. And Jesus took that death upon himself. And so he dealt with that sin problem. And if we walk through Jesus then all of a sudden the, the barrier of sin is, is removed and we have access to God. Incredible, incredible. And by the way, no one else did that. That's why there's only one door. No other religious leader, uh, ha no philosopher, uh, no politician has dealt with the sin problem. They're not the door. Jesus and only Jesus is the door. So how do you walk through Jesus? Hello. How do you walk through Jesus? How do you go through the door? How do you enter? The Bible speaks of it very simply as repentance and faith. 
Repent of your sins. Put your faith in Jesus Christ. Repentance is a turning away from. And faith is a turning to. So, in repentance, you are turning away from what? Turning away from sin. Turning away from unbelief. Turning away from independence. Turning away from self. Right? That's repentance. And faith is a turning to. And who are we turning to? The Lord Jesus. Jesus. We're turning to Jesus to save us and lead us. And we say, you now are leader of my life. I follow you. When you repent of your sins and put your faith in Jesus Christ... You have stepped through, you have entered through the door, through the Jesus door. And the Bible says, but to as many as receive him, to them gave, thy gave the right to become children of God. Have you entered through the Jesus door? You know if you have, right? Because there's, a, there's a, a, an act of the will. Your parents can't walk through the door for you. Your grandparents can't walk through the door for you. You walk through the door. And you know if you've walked through the door. And if you walk through the Jesus door, boom, heaven is your destiny. It's a wonderful thing. Now, I have a picture, if you can see it here, of an elephant. Go to this elephant here. So this is uh, very popular in our pluralistic uh, world. And um, some of our friends and family are perfectly content with us saying Jesus is a way to God. Jesus is a door to a spiritual life. Uh, But they then get, they bristle when we say, but he's the only door. He's the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me, Jesus says. Or uh, in 1 Timothy 2, 5, and 6, there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ, uh, who died for our sins. And so the, the, what is the pop culture, popular view of religion is, uh, all religions have a bit of the truth, and no religion has all the truth. And what matters is sincerity. God accepts sincerity. And so the, the analogy of the elephant you have six blindfolded people, and they're each feeling a part of the elephant and describing what they feel, and these represent religions, right? So uh, one of the blindfolded people says, feels the side of the elephant and says, it's, it's like a wall. Another one is down at the, at the, uh, the elephant's foot, and he says, oh, it's like a tree. Another one is back at the, back at the tail, and he's like, oh, it's like, it's like a rope. Uh, another one's up here at the tusk, and he's, oh, it's like, a, it's like a spear. Another one's on the ear. It's like a fan. And another one's at the, uh, the trunk and, uh, not the tusk, the trunk, and then saying, it's like a snake. And, and so that's the popular idea of religion, which is uh, no religion sees the big picture. Nobody can grasp God, and so they're all, all religions are limited and uh, none is true. Now, that is, is that what Jesus teaches about himself? I am the light of the world. I'm the door. I'm the bread from heaven. No, he is saying, I, I have come from heaven, come from God, and I see the big picture, and I'm revealing it to you. 
And, and I am the center of God's plan for salvation for the world. And we've got to grasp this. Why? Because if we don't believe that Jesus is the only door, we become apathetic to the spiritual state of other people. And we just, all we think, we say, as long as they're good people, right? They're good, moral people. They're even religious, spiritual people. But you know what? They're not going to heaven if they're not Christian people, if they're not walking through the door of Jesus. And if we don't believe that ourselves, uh, it definitely robs us of some of the evangelistic zeal. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. What a promise. What a promise. He's going to be saved. Saved from sin. Saved from the penalty of sin. Saved from hell. And will go in and out and find pasture. So I'm now going to switch the sign here. Because he's now just, he's just changed uh, slightly what, what the door uh, leads to. So we were, he was just talking about getting to heaven, and now he's switched, and now he's talking about how to get to pasture. In other words, how to have an abundant life here and now. I made these signs myself, by the way. Thank you. I mean, I go all out for you guys. Flowerwork, yes. So, pasture, he will go in and out and find pasture. How often did the sheep pass through the gate? At least twice a day, right? They had, to, they had to go out, and then they came into the sheepfold at night. And so go in and out and find pasture. Jesus is describing, you know, a daily pass through him. In other words, the Christian life is not, is not a life in which you get saved and then go do whatever you want to do and live without regard for Jesus until you die and then you, you know, cash in your salvation card. Some people do that and the Bible says they get to heaven, uh, but like they went through a fire, they've got nothing to show for it. Which means no rewards in heaven, but it also means that you did not experience the abundant life that you could have even here and now. What is pasture? Pasture, so Jesus is referring to us as sheep. And so pasture is, for the sheep, pasture is the good life. That's where you eat and you get fat and happy and your coat gets sleek and the shepherd's with you and you're nice and safe. You want pasture. As a Christian, you want pasture. Now, how do you get to pasture? You go in and out through the Jesus door. So how do we go in and out through the Jesus door? It's living a life in constant fellowship with Jesus. Daily fellowship with Jesus. Jesus, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. Core identity. That should be our core identity. Uh, I'm, an, uh, I, I'm an American, but that's, and I'm a husband, and I'm a father, and I'm a pastor, those are not my core identities. But that's not going to be my identity for eternity. My identity is I am 
a follower of Jesus. And so let me share with you a scripture that is a good one to memorize. Colossians chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. And this is a picture uh, of a life going in and out daily through Jesus. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Underline that in your mind and heart. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So how is that going to happen? Well, first off, you've got to expose yourself to the word of Christ, right? Memorize it like we saw David do. You know, read your Bible regularly. Keep exposing your, your mind to the word of God. Uh, you're in church. Good job hearing good preaching of the word of God. And then let the word of Christ dwell in you richly would in, involve meditating on it, right? Keep regurgitating, bringing back to mind biblical truth, thinking about it, applying it to life. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Uh, very simply, I would, I think, say, think about him. Think about Jesus every day. Think about Jesus every day. By the way, these are habits we have to cultivate. We have to cultivate, and I believe it takes six weeks to cultivate habits. So set yourself some goals to think about Jesus every day. Maybe the first, maybe before your feet touch the floor, you say, good morning, Jesus. I, this is the day the Lord has made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it. I'm going to live mindful of you today. I dedicate today to you, and I want to do your will today. Boom, then you get on with your day. And, and, and uh, you have thought about Jesus. Next, we want to talk about Jesus. Teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. That involves teaching or talking, right? Talk about Jesus with other people. My goodness, if you have kids, talk to them. If you are married, talk to them. If you have a roommate, talk to them about Jesus. Even if they're not Christians, you can still say, guess what? I prayed to Jesus today. <laughs> I prayed for you today. Worship him, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual psalms with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So think about Jesus, talk about Jesus, worship Jesus every day. You know, it could just be an, an utterance. You just look at the mountains, you're like, oh, Jesus, you made the world and those mountains are awesome. Thank you. They're just a reflection of your beauty, your glory. And I can't wait till I live in the new heaven and the new earth, the recreated one. And then finally, obey him. Verse 17, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Talk about him. Think about him. Talk about him. Worship him. Obey, obey him. But you, every day the sheep go in and out through the Jesus door. Uh, fundamental relationship in our life in and out in and out and if we do that Jesus says you'll find pasture that's how you find the life that I want you to have I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly and it's to start now not just in heaven although that's going to be the culmination right and it's going to be the consummation of it. it's going to be awesome so <clears throat> a little sermon preview for our next sermon series 
Throw up the transformed slide, by the way. Yeah. So the week after Easter, we are starting that sermon series, Transformed, How God Changes Us. And uh, we're going to look at seven areas of our lives that God wants to bless. But with, with promises, there are often premises, right? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. So I think the disconnect so often is that people read about this flourishing relationships the Bible talks about, and uh, they, they look at the Bible's picture of a victorious Christian life, and they're not experiencing it, and they're wondering wrong, and they're wondering why, and they're wondering if God is not making good on his promises. Well, look at the premises, you know. Are, are you doing what God says will, in fact, lead to abundance? And so, in this series, we're going to be looking at spiritual, physical, mental, emotional, relational, financial, and vocational health. And we're going to say, what, is the, what does the Bible say we can do that God will bless with abundance? And uh, I think it, uh, one of the hopes we have is that it'll take out some of the mystery about how you go about experiencing a, a blessed life. Now, it's very important as Christians that we have to constantly remind ourselves that the abundant life Jesus came to give us is not the American dream. Uh, godless people can experience the American dream, right? Secular people... Uh, Evil people can, can uh, experience the American dream. That's not the abundant life Jesus has come to give us. The abundant life is fundamentally a life of relationship with God. And the life of God at work in us, the fruit of the Spirit. But the, but the fact of the matter is, the fact of the matter is, uh, when we follow the teachings of Jesus and we live the way God tells us to live, he who created us knows how we can flourish. And we tend to have uh, health and prosperity in these areas. Now, the, the gospel message is not health and prosperity. God might very well uh, uh, will for you to go through a, a period of sickness or poverty and the good father whom we trust and entrust our life to can do with our lives as he, as he wills. But think about it. Spiritual health. Well, you're going to be spiritually healthy when you follow Jesus' teachings. Physical health. You know, the Bible says take care of the body like the temple of the Holy Spirit. Avoid things that um, gain mastery over you. Paul says he buffets his body so that he can discipline it for, the Lord of, uh, for God's purposes. When you live like that, you'll tend to be physically healthier. Mentally, the Bible says, think about things that are noble and good and right and true. If we actually do that, our mental health is going to be better. Um, our emotional health. Well, if you are rejoicing in all things and you're thanking God and you're entrusting the Lord with your life, your emotional health is going to be better. Relationally, when you treat people... Uh, with compassion and kindness and selflessness and forgiveness. You think your relationships are going to be better? Absolutely. Financial health. When you're living within your means, when you are a, a giver and not just a taker, when you're not um, trying to satiate your, your soul with consumerism, 
you're going to have better financial health, vocational health. When you're ethical and you, you do diligence, uh, dil- work diligently as to the Lord, you tend to prosper in your, uh, in your work as well. So we're going to be studying that right after Easter. And I think it's a, it gives some, um, some very tangible ways for us to go in and out and find pasture. Now, at the very end, I'm going to actually invite you to walk through this door. And I don't think it'll fall on you, but it's a little bit precarious. The Jesus door is even safer. All right, final thing I want to point out is Jesus' statement that all who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. Verse 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I've come that they might have life and have it abundantly. There are others who promise abundance if we'll follow them. They're clamoring for our attention. They're clamoring for our trust. There are religious leaders, politicians, employers... Uh, investors who say, let me show you how to find the abundant life. And Jesus says, they're all frauds. And if you follow them rather than me, what is it going to bring into your life? They come to steal, kill, and destroy. There will be uh, kill, steal, and destroy. There will be death. There will be loss. There will be destruction in your life. It is only Jesus Christ who can lead you to pasture. Only Jesus. Only through Jesus can we access God and all the things that God has for us. So I hope that what we're seeing in this series, and it's just going to keep compounding, is that Jesus is just pressing people. Uh, right up against this truth that I am the center of God's plan for humanity. If you want a relationship with God, if you want heaven, if you want what God has for you, it comes through me. You cannot bypass me. It's all about me. Right? Jesus Jesus did not think of himself as just some good moral teacher, one of many. He is the way, the truth, the life. He is the bread of heaven. He's the light of the world. He is the door for the sheep. Now, I'm going to give you a chance to walk through this door here in a moment. Before I do, uh, I want to mention that we would like everybody. Uh, I'm, a, I'm setting out the challenge. The reason I'm, one of the reasons I'm telling you now is I want everybody in the church to be in a, a journey group during this next sermon series. It's seven weeks long. That's all you're committing to. Seven weeks. And so I tell you now so you can pre-schedule it, but I need five or six homes to open themselves to being uh, leaders. And by leaders, you're just being a host. You play the DVD, and you ask a couple questions and let the group talk. If you're willing to do that, would you come see me or come see Pastor James after the service? Uh, We need five more 
to feel like I can, we can get everybody in groups for those seven weeks. And uh, you're going to get, there's just a lot that is covered uh, by Rick Warren, because this is his series. Uh, there's a lot that's covered in the journey group material that's not covered in the sermon. And so you want to get the most out of this. And to do that, you want to be attending church and hearing the sermons. And then you also want to be in a journey group. So if you're willing to host one of these groups, please come talk to Pastor James or me. All right. We are now going to, I'm going to spin this. And I was going to have you open and close the door, but since it's rickety, I'll hold the door open. And uh, here's my challenge. If you have never walked through the Jesus door in order to get saved from your sins and in order to get to heaven, then when you walk through the door, that's what you're praying you're saying, Jesus, I repent of my sins today. I put my faith in you. I'm walking through the Jesus door. And I'm receiving your promise. As many as receive him, to them gave you the right to become children of God. And then for the rest of us, because most of us, I would assume, are Christians, have walked through Jesus' door. We're recommitting ourselves to doing life in and out through Jesus. And, but you only get to go one way. Otherwise, we'll clog it up. So, so yeah, I expect everybody who wants... Jesus, access to God through Jesus Christ and all that God has for them to come walk through this door as the band plays over us. And I'll hold the door open so it doesn't fall. <laughs>